Hello and welcome to or welcome back to the Fun Filter Podcast. I am Sam and I am joined as infinitely ever by Jordan. Hey, does that mean I'm st- I can stay? <laughs> it's stuck with I've, me forever. I've got a cold brewing. I haven't got any fight left in there. <laughs> yeah, but the cold will be gone one day. Doesn't feel like that. No, it never does. No. Coming up! <laughs> I provide an update on a story that was casually mentioned over two years ago regarding Mick Gordon. We recount our mutual top 10 TV opening title sequences for your listening pleasure. Sam bought a DVD player that had a random disc in it. We talk about what's on it. The final Sam's Lexicon of the year is good. And we review Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Ibombe. Ibombe. <laughs> So you have some news that you want to share? Uh, yes, 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 I do. Um, Hit me with your news stick. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Um, that was more solid than I expected. Good for you. <laughs> That's some firm news you've got there. Um, turgid. <laughs> some turgid yeah. news coming your way. Right. You remember... Um, no, not much. Okay. Well, do you remember episode 30? Of course I don't. Of the Unfiltered <laughs> Podcast. Do no. you remember how long ago it was? No, actually, forget how long ago it was. Do you, yeah. remember, do you remember what it was called? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I know, I remember like the first five or six. Okay. And I thought, oh yeah, like, th- this is a fun thing. I'm going to remember all of these. Yeah. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, no, I haven't got a clue. I don't know what the last one was called. No. What was the last one called? It's all about the clap. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you go. You remember that one? Before that, no. Don't know what the one before nothing. that was. I got nothing. There was like three in a row that were called the. Nope. They started with the word the. Nope. Nothing. Okay. Episode 30. No, what was episode 30 called? It was called Everything Now Is Just Ephemeral. Sure. Okay. And it was released. Well, the fact that we can't remember it is testament to that. Yeah, absolutely. Title, yeah. Just proves yeah. the point. Yeah. yeah. And it was released 23rd of August, 2020. <laughs> okay. So we've come... We've, We're uh, not Mike Flanagan, are we? <laughs> no. We've done 35 episodes since, and it's been nearly, what, like two, three years? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this year we've only done, like, what, eight episodes, it feels like? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I can't remember when we got on this consistent schedule. Mm. What was it, like four episodes ago? Yeah. Like Something 60... Like there was a break between, like, 59 and 60, and then from 61 onwards, I think we were consistent. Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully more next year. Yeah. This is all shop talk. It's all shop talk. You Un- don't need Unnecessary shop yeah. talk. So yeah, that episode came out in 2020, like August 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was called Everything That Was Just Ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Go listen. Eddie was on that one. Was he? Yeah. Speaking so, of everything being ephemeral. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally yeah. different experience. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring it up is because there was a segment which wasn't even planned. I went back and listened to, to it. Mm. It was just a tangent. But I mentioned that Mick Gordon who was the composer for the Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There had been some sort of like a kerfuffle surrounding the official soundtrack for Doom. Right. Um, people were starting, who ordered the collector's edition were getting their versions of the soundtrack finally shipped to them because mm. there'd been a delay. And they were noticing that the quality was, well, it wasn't up to standard, yeah. basically. And so people were asking questions and Mick Gordon was going, oh yeah, that's not, I wouldn't have done it like that. Mm. It's weird that it's like that. And... The people were sort of uh, like I don't know how it came about, but I think people ended up asking him the question: "Oh, would you be work? Would you work with it again in the future?" The, mm-hmm. the company that made Doom. Mm-hmm. And he went, "Oh no, probably not." Right. And that prompted a response 
from the executive producer for Doom Eternal, one of the head up, higher ups at ID Entertainment. He posted an open letter. Was it ID Entertainment. ID Entertainment. Right, okay. Yeah, ID as in as in the psychological. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. On Reddit, of all places, he posted a little right. open letter to the fans, basically went, "Hey, so seems to be all this like weird confusion and whatnot surrounding the OST at the moment. Yeah, just wanted to tell you the whole story and be open and transparent with you." And yeah, basically in that little post that he did, he kind of basically said, I'm not being, I'm surprised that Mick Gordon is sort of handling things the way he is at the moment with the soundtrack, okay. sort of saying like, oh yeah, it's not up to standard and yeah, it wasn't done in time and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And which he said, there's no, there's no disputing his talent. Mm. It's clear that, I think I've got the quote written down actually. Um, but I'm disputing his opinion, the fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of said that, the, the, well, it was... It, they confirmed that they were parting ways with him even mm. though there was DLC for Doom in the works they said yeah he's not going to be doing the music right. for that um, while we're not disputing his talent and I think this is the quote here Id and Mick Gordon that's the little bit that's in the square brackets before the quote mm-hmm. and then the actual quote is struggled to connect on some of the more production re- related realities of development <laughs> whilst communication around those issues had er- have eroded trust for mm. Id this has created an unstable pattern of project uncertainty and risk. Right. And so the rest of the statement was basically them saying, kind of outlining, like, this is sort of the timeline. We were giving Mick Gordon, like, extensions, and we were accommodating for him, and Mm -hmm. he was just not meeting the deadlines. He was not Mm. meeting the extended deadlines. You know, we were making all of these accommodations, and it felt like he was taking advantage a little bit. Mm. And when he was finally delivering us work, uh, like, work that it wasn't even the amount of work we'd initially agreed upon, we actually reduced the amount of work that he had. And even right. then, it was, like, substandard. Okay. Because, yeah, Mick was saying... Um, Mick Gordon was saying yeah. that... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be saying Mick Gordon a lot during this segment, so yeah. I might truncate it a well, little bit. Well, just say Gordon. Okay, Gordon. You don't well, know, that's not his name. You don't know Mick. No, it's a surname. But it's not. he's not called Gordon. But it's like a Nolan film, isn't it? That's how... People, that's generally how you no, talk about No, but Nolan, it's like, oh, yes, know. that's the last name. Nolan. Gordon is a... You call a person Gordon. I don't think you can. You can't impose that on it. I mean, it doesn't start with your weird rules. And, it's not a like weird that. rule. Gordon no, is a first name. It is, it's but, a, it's but there a are known, there recognized are there first are name. loads of surnames that are also first names. Yeah. So you're just never going to do that. Well, I'm not never going to do it. It's just in this situation, right. I elected not to. Okay. Well, and you I can't say Mick. I would I, be. I will criticized not, I so will, early. I will not accept Mick. You, know, you don't know the man. Okay? okay. So it's either Mick Gordon, Mr. Gordon, <laughs> or Gordon, okay? Your Gordon ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so they, they, yeah, they said, like he was saying on social media, yeah, I only mixed a certain amount of tracks, the best tracks, mm. the ones that are not so good, I didn't touch those. And it was sure. going, eh, he kind of did. Right. And the reason that I, 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 like I said, it was brought up as like a tangent on the initial episode, but it was kind of, I ended up framing it as, What's interesting about this is you don't often hear stories from within the industry of the artist being the problem. And it seemed uh, like yeah. that's the direction that it was going in. Yeah. Mick was Mick Gordon was sort of saying, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Mick Gordon yeah, yeah. was saying, yeah. yeah, working with it has been very difficult and it's not produced the results that we wanted and blah, 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 blah. And then it came back and said, no, we like we tried our best. Right. And a lot of people just kind of like accepted it, myself included. I mean, mm. I reported on it as, as news. Mm. I think because it have always had a good relationship with their fans, they've always been open and honest, and it's clear that when making and marketing their games, it's clear that they have fans in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, they're often catering towards... It feels like they're often catering... They're trying to create an experience that 
best suits people who are already familiar with those types of games. Yes. Like a lot of the DLC that they've released for Doom is incredibly difficult. It's not Call of Duty. It's not Call of Duty, yeah. no. It's for people who play first-person right. shooters and who are intimately familiar with okay. them. And they're very transparent in their marketing, usually. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they garnered a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. And it was posted on Reddit as well, not through official channels. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I think it was like, oh, I'm coming directly to the community here. Mm-hmm. No bullshit. This is me talking to you now. Mm. So that was in 2020. Oh, right, okay. That was that all happened in 2020. Right, okay. This is now 2022. Did we cover that in 2020? Briefly. Briefly, okay, okay. Yeah, it was... Say, we didn't just repeat everything that was said. No, I kind of, like, embellished it a little bit. Okay. Because at the time, like, at the time, like, I was I was going to talk about something else. And yes. then Eddie was like, oh, you're not going to talk about Doom again, are you? And I think I did out no, of spite. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. But also, it was a story that I heard. It was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The artist is the problem this time, isn't that? Yes. Weird. Um, I'm bringing mm. it up now mm. because November 9th this year, so mm. just recently. Yes. Well, well, not according to the listener. Not according to the listener, yeah. but according to us, multiple days ago. Yes. But like not many days ago. It's like five days ago. It's like five yeah. days ago. <laughs> Mick Gordon issued a rebuttal. <laughs> okay. I'm all for if you if you're angry, you type out the message and then leave it there. And that <laughs> usually doesn't take two years <laughs> to decide. Yeah. Well, okay, so like the the statement that he released, it it has the air of like a this is this was my last resort, right? Kind of thing. Okay, it's clear from like reading through the document, and it's a help. Like like I said, this the original thing was posted on Reddit. It was like a two and a half thousand word post talking to the fans. What Mick Gordon has posted is a 14,500 word article okay. with pictures and evidence and screenshots of email chains and legal documents. Right. A full-blown okay. like, defense. Right, right. Because he's basically like, fuck these guys. Yeah. I've tried everything. And this has had an adverse effect on my personal and professional reputation. Right. A lot of people... Because the other thing to note as well, like, tied up within that Reddit thing, the guy that ended up doing the majority of the work for the OST mm. uh, was, like, an internal sound engineer at id Software. Yeah. And because a lot of, like, the shoddy work was being placed on him, he was receiving a lot of criticism. Mm-hmm. So part of the open letter was basically saying, look, this is having an effect on the reputation of our staff and mm. the well-being of our staff. This is why we're kind of stepping into right. the statement now. Right. And Mick Gordon's come back and gone, no, that's all bullshit. Right, okay. This was just an attack on me. The whole thing is fabricated, basically. Here's fucking proof. Right. So what does the proof suggest? The proof suggests that he was initially contracted only to do the in-game music. Mm. He was not contracted to do the OST, which is different. Okay. Especially in Doom's case, because Doom, the music is composed to be reactive and dynamic. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what the player is doing, whether the music becomes more intense yeah, sure. or So if you're doing an official soundtrack, all the music basically needs to be recomposed. Yeah. Because in game, it's just a bunch of loops that get called in at certain yeah, times. Yeah, it's cues. Yeah. It's musical cues. Yeah. Whereas on an official soundtrack, it needs it a structure. It needs to be score. Yeah. And also, it's lossless audio. Whereas a lot of the in-game audio is compressed, and obviously to keep the memory down. Yeah. So it's not going to sound that good when you're playing it through like a vinyl or a CD or whatever. He was not. He was never initially contracted to do the original soundtrack. He was given the contract mm. to do the official soundtrack two days before the game released. Right. <laughs> okay. It was announced that he was doing it nine months prior. Right. And he hadn't even been asked before it was announced. Okay. They just announced publicly, hey, 
as part of the collector's edition for Doom Eternal, where you mm. play, where you pay a load of extra money to get a load of extra shit, mm-hmm. you also get an, an official soundtrack mixed by Mick Gordon. Right. Okay. And he's like, they didn't even fucking ask me at this point. Right. He heard about it though, right? Through the media. Yeah, yeah. But he had nine months is the point. He had nine yeah, months. Yeah. But with no contract. Yeah. They yeah. dragged their feet, basically. Okay. So he wasn't able to do anything for six months. The guy that ended up being brought in last minute to do a lot of the soundtrack, mm-hmm. turns out he'd been working on it during that nine-month period where Mick wasn't doing anything. So whereas it had said, oh, this guy had to come in last minute and kind of scramble mm-hmm. everything together. No, he'd been working on it for months. Right. And Mick had never been informed. Mick Gordon. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, you don't know him, do you? He's not your mate. Well, I feel like I do now. <laughs> I th- he sounds unpleasant. <laughs> what? Mick Gordon? No, carry on, carry on. No, uh, yeah, so... He'd never been, like, told about it mm. or asked for the original files, whereas they made it out, oh, like, this sound designer had to come in last minute, scramble everything together, mm-hmm. using only the samples we had. We couldn't get anything from Mick Gordon. Mm-hmm. He was initially contracted to do 120 minutes of music. Mm. They ended up using 240 minutes of music, a lot of which was comprised of samples and demos and music that they outright rejected. Okay. That was never intended for public consumption, but they used it in, like, the marketing and the official game. Right. And yet, despite that... Because it wasn't part of the original scope, they've just not paid him for the music. Okay. So there's two hours worth of music that is now right. being actively used to promote and sell the game. Yeah. That he's just not been paid for. Okay. And what he has been paid was paid months after the initial agreement. Yeah. And also this Reddit post, it turns mm. out, was posted days after he'd had a meeting with the guy who posted it, mm. where they basically agreed that they weren't going to... They were going to release a joint statement to fans, mm. basically explaining the situation and what happened. And they, id Software had asked McGordon, look, don't say anything on social media. Basically, go dark. We'll send you a draft tomorrow morning. We can go through it. We'll prepare the statement. We'll release it so that we're all kind of like... On the same page. We're all on the same page. Yeah. And he went, yes. And the next thing he knew, this Reddit post went up. <clears throat> right. Okay. And there's just been loads of like... He's basically been battling with lawyers for the past two years. And I get mm. the impression that, like, even though he probably hasn't been composing this article for the past two years, but he's clearly spent a lot of time on it yes. because it is comprehensive. Well, 14,000, I think a novel is 30,000. Yeah. So he's written a novella, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's like, it's an hour read. There's a, there's a glossary. There's, <laughs> there's a table right. of contents. There's a right. TLDR section. Right. I went through a lot of it. I didn't read the whole thing. Okay. But like in during the in the TLDR, that's the stuff that he highlights. It's mm. I haven't been paid for half of the work I've done. They said we'll do a joint statement, and then they released a statement without me, mm-hmm. in which they blatantly lied about me, and then they offered me a six-figure settlement to basically never mention it again. Yes. And or and I think they came to an agreement at one point where he was going to like do like an improved version of the official soundtrack because the official soundtrack still isn't available. Okay. It, it's all tied up in this chip, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll do a better version of the, of the official soundtrack. We'll let bygones be bygones just to finish this project. Mm. But you have to take down that Reddit post. Mm-hmm. And like the company lawyers were like, oh no, it'll make Marty look bad. Right. It'll make the guy who made the post, yeah, it'll yeah. make him look bad. Even though if you now go on Reddit, mm. what initially, like initially all the comments were like, this is a terrible situation, but I understand, you mm. know, it's, you need to do what you need to do now it's die Marty die yeah it's yeah, literally okay. fuck you Marty you fucking scumbag <laughs> a producer called Marty as well yeah Marty yeah. Stratton or something okay or Stratton I, I've got it written down somewhere yeah Stratton Marty Stratton Marty Stratton okay yeah I feel like the story needed an update well what's the upshot of it for you well the upshot of it is in this situation no the artist wasn't 
in the wrong. Sure. The things I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure things like this happen all the time. Yeah. Um, there were like certain aspects of the letter where I just thought, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a composer and mm-hmm. I also don't work in the gaming industry. But there were certain aspects of it where I thought, I think that's just how it works. Right. Like he said that it was difficult working with id anyway because mm. they were asking him to compose this reactive soundtrack. And a lot of the game was still in like the development stage. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't even any like test gameplay that he could play. It was literally just concept art drawings yeah, and yeah, yeah. sculptures and models and everything. Yes. But I'm pretty sure that's that's how it works. Oh, yeah. Like, like always different stages of the process. Like composing come in before there's a film. Yeah. The, or like when the whole thing's been shot yeah yeah like I've been playing Sonic Frontiers has come out recently mm. I've been playing that uh, over the past week that has a soundtrack endlessly <laughs> I've been playing it a okay. lot I've mentioned it it's funny I've mentioned it a couple of times to you and it's 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 miraculously not appeared on the podcast itinerary <laughs> well why you didn't ask for it to be no when I thought like oh the only thing <laughs> I've been doing what are we going to talk about on the podcast the only thing I've been doing is playing Sonic Frontiers yeah. and then just like silence well we don't do game head. reviews do we I do I could <laughs> but we don't but I could <laughs> but we don't do we I could talk about something that I want to talk about on the po- on podcast that I'm a part of you know what do we talk about that you don't want to talk about some things maybe like what <laughs> I'm sure there's something <laughs> the difference is this is shop talk isn't it you can watch a TV show or a film. Mm. I can't play the game. You could if you wanted. I can't. I don't even have. I don't <laughs> have the con- effort in. <laughs> I don't have the console to play it. No. I presume it's not on PS2. Oh no! No, <laughs> no <laughs> okay. we're past that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The only point I was going to make with that is that has like a massive soundtrack and it has like it has like a seven disc soundtrack or something. I, it's had middling reviews, hasn't it? It's like seven, seven, seven point five. Okay. Which is exactly where I'd put it, pretty much. Okay. But that has a massive soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And they released like musical documentaries about that. And the main composer was saying, it was weird that like, a couple of months before the um, game came out and I was like polishing the OST, I was like touching up tracks that I composed like four years ago. Yeah. Because I'd been there through the whole process. Yeah. So yeah, like that kind of stuff where he's like, oh, I'm, I was composing for stuff that didn't exist yet. I feel like that is That's the standard case. practice, yeah. Yeah. But then there's other stuff like not getting paid for 10 months and crunch and, and being lied to and not getting contracts until two days before the product is expected. Well, that's all not okay. Yeah. It has an ego. Oh, there you go. Well, the thing is, it's like, obviously it looks like the company is the are the ones very much in the wrong. Yeah. But he drew first blood in terms of airing the dirty laundry in public, right? Like, kind of. Well, he, he basically criticised the music, yeah? Well, the fans criticised the music. And, and he was like, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, see, I don't know. Like, that was unprofessional. Mm. And I know they behaved very unprofessionally towards him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think... And I think at that time, he knew that he wasn't going to be working with them again. Okay. So for him, it, there was no love lost, really. No love lost, but I don't know. I I just... what? How do you feel about that? About... As a general rule, say we stopped doing this and it was bought out by someone <laughs> and someone else did it. And someone said, what do you think of the Fun Filter podcast now in a public context? Yeah. I would just go, I'm not involved. I like, I, I have no opinion. Yeah. I would never go, oh, it's fucking shit now. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, that just feels like it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Wrong thing for them to do as well. Like if, if I mean, they're the monolith. If a satellite that they hire says mm. something negative... Then you just, that's par for the course. All right. Yeah. There's no need to go, well, fine, if you're firing the first shot, you're a cunt. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like they should have just kept their mouth shut as well. Yeah. Uh, none of this should have been a thing, period. I think. No. 
But yeah, yeah I, okay. I don't want this to become like the fun-filtered, ongoing, like... Ed Wars. Yeah, yeah, we keep trying... We have, like, weekly segments on this. Yeah, yeah. I'm literally bringing it up because when I left this story alone... <laughs> <laughs> two years ago... Yeah. I'd sort of said, yeah, it seems like he's the one in the wrong. He's clearly okay, not the one in the wrong. It's a dangling participant yeah. that you wanted to Or the to very point. least, like, it looks like... Because at, the, the, at both the beginning and the end of the document, he uses the phrase... Like, all other action has been taken. I am now exercising the right to defend myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's a declaration of legal action. Right. Lawyers have already been involved. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know whether this, this is going to spiral into, like, a legal proceeding now, or whether this is going to involve past this. But, yeah, I just wanted to sort of be like, no, like, it's it seems like he's all, mm. all right. The company is in the wrong there you go. <laughs> I, think, I think our listeners can now rest easy knowing your position. On it. <laughs> I no, it's funny because it's like, I, I, I don't know if I've brought it up on the podcast before, but something that I, I tend to say to people is say someone goes through a breakup. Yeah. And they're like, oh, maybe I should just meet them one more time and kind of get the closure. And the thing I say is don't mistake a badly tied end for a loose one. Mm. And so I love that you're so steadfast that you considered that a loose end <laughs> that needed to be readdressed from like episode 30. I'm, I'm not criticizing. No, I was... I'm genuinely I, I would say this is a loose end. There is stuff that I... From like, episode 30. But that's what I'm saying. I'm sure there are hundreds of things we've all brought up and gone, oh, we'll come back to that. I'm sure we'll review that. No, absolutely. That. And there yeah, are yeah. segments on the, that we've done on this podcast that I would absolutely love to have another crack at. Okay. But this genuinely did feel like, no, if you were like... If you were just going through the canon of fun filtered, <laughs> we got it wrong. No one's doing that, you know. Okay, well, we didn't get Wait, it wrong. Uh, whoa, 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 we're dragging me into this. <laughs> you got it wrong. I didn't get it wrong. I got okay. it right at the time. Okay, but I haven't made the necessary corrections. I now have. Okay, well, you got it wrong at the time. You just didn't know you were getting it wrong. No, but a lot of people did. Yeah, I'm not saying it's unique to you. No, yeah, but you were always wrong. <laughs> That's the important thing. It turns out. It turns out. I was yes. I was wrong about okay. it. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to say about as I've got down on my notes, Mark Gordon? <laughs> so so little like to you, yeah. It's funny as well, because like going back to that original segment, you and Eddie are clearly not listening to me. <laughs> What's because you did it out of spite, you've said it. So No, because I went like, oh I'm gonna tell you something now. Yeah. And you went, okay. And then you and Eddie are just, like, talking over me, so it's clearly, like, you're not listening at That's all. That's one of the things I miss about Eddie, is when you talked about games. Mm. He was also interested in games. Yeah. Not to the same level, but he was. I could just disengage. Like, yeah. okay, I don't really need to get involved But here. you missed the point. It's like, the reason is that I, I wanted to bring you into it. And I would always... No, I know, I get that. I, I would always that. try and, like talk about it if if it's not necessarily a story that would interest you then yeah, I yeah. always try and frame it as something that no, of could course, lead yeah. to a bigger discussion I know, I know hence me saying hey isn't it like interesting that the artist is in the wrong yes time? and that is the thing I find well the thing I find interesting about it is none of it it, it needn't have happened at all yeah to me it's it's like a lesson in industry ethics it's yes, like definitely. just don't criticise your paymaster don't sling mud at your pay yeah just don't do any of that. Like, mm. there's a decorum that you should maintain. Yeah. No, this should have been, like, they went quiet on the issue. No one really said anything about mm. it. And then, a couple of years down the line, we found out that, oh, yeah, all this legal stuff happened. It's now been resolved. Yeah. Or, like, um, we recently watched an interview with John Wells, who worked on the West Wing. Mm. And he was kind of spilling some of the the tea, as they say, about what went on in the season four, season five period. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at the time... We didn't really know much mm. about what happened there. And that's where it should be. It's like, 
it's like the CIA declassifying documents. Yeah. It's like, okay, now we can know what happened with Kennedy and yeah, yeah. Roswell exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I, I don't want to um, come across as a total dick that's like, oh, when you talk about games, I'm just not listening. <laughs> no, it, I, will, I will concede it's hard to interest me in gaming stuff. Mm. But that's when it's in-game stuff. Like, God's oh, got this really great thing in the game. Like, yeah. I just, I'm never going to play it. Mm. It doesn't matter how great. I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2. And I, I really want to play <laughs> you it. Love I Red really Dead, want yeah. to play it. Yeah. Um, but no. Okay. So that, that was that. That was that. Okay. So we have a list. For, <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a list for the listeners. Is there more shop talk to be done? Are we uh, telling them now or at the end that this is the last episode of the yeah, year? Yeah, I was thinking we maybe should have started with that. Yeah, this is the um, last episode of the year. It is the last episode We've of the year. We've decided we're taking December off, yes. it seems. Well, only because, actually, it, it's been from me watching a lot of Bill Maher. Okay. A real-time Bill Maher. What he does, they kind of start in January, have a couple of weeks off in summer, I think a month, actually, and then they have December off. And I kind of thought... Yeah, that might be good. Because obviously in December, it's kind of busy anyway. Mm. And you have to edit it. And I, I know it's not like now. It's not uber demanding. but it's Certainly not what it was. Not, certainly not what it was. And I, December's the time when like, if there's a dry patch cinematically now. Mm. We tend to get a lot of the Oscar There's movies. a lot of waiting for the Oscar stuff to be released. A lot of waiting. Released, yeah. So it'd be like, yeah, we'll take December off. And then either a lot comes out that we can like review at the start. We'll have a lot of stuff for next yeah. year. Uh, but yeah, we'll have the end of the year to mourn what could have been for the podcast. Yes. And then we'll start with like our best of this year. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So the next episode will be the best of 2022. The best 10 combined film and TV. Exactly. Of 2022. And so we're kind of like prepping you for that. Yes. We're prepping you for the big list with this little list. We're training you to listen to us talking about lists. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did we come to this? Last episode, you were, you were just sort of telling me about shows that you'd seen. Yes. Because when you talk about things you want to talk about, I listen. <laughs> I listen to the Mick Gordon thing. Well, you, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure you did. But you mentioned that you'd watched Bad Sisters. Yeah. And you said that it had a very good opening title sequence, which it did. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that led to the question, what's the best opening title sequence? And you put me on the spot. Yeah. So I didn't give an answer. Yeah. Is but that a us com- being us... Yeah. Very quickly though, is that a common thing? I don't know whether that's a me thing or a common thing. Where, like, if someone says, "Oh, I really love this film," mm. my go-to knee-jerk is, "Oh, what's your favorite film?" Okay. I don't know if if people generally think like that. I know I'm a bit of a list maniac, mm. so I don't like. I don't know how common that is. I think, yeah, no, I feel like. Yeah, I, th- I think people do. Yeah. But I think it's more of like a casual... Well, I guess this would be in a casual context. It would be... Oh, yeah, I like, don't expect other people to have lists. Yeah. <laughs> it is just like... Or like, you know, when you're getting to know someone, it's like, oh, so, you know... They yeah, there's, it's like, there's, oh, there's a, lot, a lot of getting to know. But yeah. I am baffled when people say, I don't really have a favourite. No. I, it's okay. When people say, oh, I don't have one, they're like all the... Fine. Mm. But I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, like, I, I can't understand the psychology that doesn't compose a hierarchy of quality. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, I'm like, like, in that sense, I'm the Nazi. You know? <laughs> Usually you are, but in that context, I am. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I do the same as you, where I do like... Oh, oh yeah. Is, we are very similar in that Yeah, regard, this though. is amongst the favourite things. This is amongst the good things. Yes. This is everything else. Yes. But More on which later. <laughs> more on which later. <laughs> but there's so much now. Because I'm more engaged... Again, not to the same level as you. But I am more engaged in stuff. And I am watching more stuff. And so it's harder to keep track of the things. 
Yes. Like someone, like someone recently, I who like started working for the company that I work for. Mm-hmm. So we've had those conversations recently. But what's your favorite films? What's your favorite TV shows? Any good shows that you could recommend? Yeah. That's the worst fucking question in the world. It's the worst thing. And I get asked it a lot, yeah. as you might expect. Or films. What films do you recommend? It's like, oh, geez, what? Just from this year or ever? Like, well, what the hell? That question compelled me to start a list of every TV show I've ever watched. But that's just insane. I know it's insane. Well, okay, no. So, TV shows that I've watched in their entire I'll never be able to remember all of the shows that I've watched. No, it's... Okay. Right, let's get into this. <laughs> and so, also... <laughs> Yeah. At what point do you stop cataloging them in terms of quality? Oh, you don't do that. It's like, oh, I don't. Is, I don't. This do that. is the five hundred fifteenth best show. No, 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 no. When I say list, I don't rank them. Okay. I don't rank. I, it's just an alph- alphabetized. So list. what do you do? Someone says like, what shows do you recommend? You just look at that list and you just go. Yeah. There. Look at this list. No, no, no. Okay. So years and years and years ago, like mm. probably more than ten now, I don't know how it started, but. I have a list of songs. Just all songs that yeah. I like or have heard. Yeah. Um, but those it's good to keep track of. Yeah, it is. Because you do forget. And yeah. yeah. If you don't have Spotify especially, which I don't. Yeah. But Fun Filter does, so catch us on Spotify. Oh. Uh, you're already listening. Why am I, like, I'm <laughs> plugging the podcast no, on the no podcast. No one listens on Spotify. No, no, no one, one listens anyway. No, but like, really no one, no one listens, listens on Spotify. Yeah, I think the last time we looked at the figures, it was a negative, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> People have unsubscribed because they know that we are on. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but I don't know how it started. I don't know how I ever thought it was feasible mm. to start listing songs and artists. But it is where it is. And if there's a song I hear like, oh yeah, I like that song. It's on the list. Yeah. So it's just kind of evolved like that. TV, yeah, I get asked so often, what are the best TV shows? I thought I'll just keep that list. Mm. And yeah, when people ask... I just look at the list and I just extract the good ones. Okay. Because it does vary slightly person to person. Mm. Like, I'm not going to recommend 15 stories high to everybody. But exactly. Well, you haven't even recommended this. Well, there you go. If you're like a hardcore comedy, British comedy fan, or someone says, I really want, like, what's a weird comedy that I won't have heard, it'll be something like that. Okay. It's purely pragmatic. Do you you just trust yourself to remember what all the shows are? Oh, yeah, I know what all the shows are. I've watched all the shows in their entirety, so I know what all the shows are. Because I've, like, we've been, like, going to watch something. Yeah. And I've like asked you about a film that came out that week. Yeah. And you've gone, have I watched that? Like you don't <laughs> even know if you've watched it or something. So you, you, yeah. you trust yourself to remember the genre and like, of course, every show you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause people are asking me for the best. Mm. So I'm going to remember the best. Okay. Um, and obviously it's my own opinion. The, the caveat is always, there are films you're going to love that is that are not on the list, this list because they're not on my list. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I, I don't cater it that, it, it's not that tailored. You know, like I really love, you know, someone who really loves French films. Mm. I'm not going to go seeking out French. It's like, no, you're the films I like and you might like them too. I'm not going out of my way to, yes. you know. La N. that's the only French film I know. You know more than that. Do I? You must know more than La N. Do I? Have you heard of Breathless? Abu Souf? No. There's bound to be some French New Way films of the 60s you've heard of. I'm, I'm sure I've <laughs> erased them all from my memory. Yeah. The university is ensured. None that. are good. No. Yeah. Um, sacrilege to say that. But yeah, I don't like French films. Sacre bleu. Um, sacre bleu. It's probably a French film. <laughs> um, exploitation French. What would that look like? It would just be like an exploitation French movie would be them talking like they're normal. <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't all be 
uh, philosophy professors going through existential midlife crises, drinking wine. Mm. It would be like, all right, mate. Like, Ooh, how risky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, I get that asked that a lot. So I just maintain the lists. And like when it comes to film, I, it, it go to my inventory. Like anything yeah. I'm going to recommend, I'm going to own on DVD. So. Except the ones you can't. No, but they're on the list as well. Yeah. Because I make my own DVDs. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So consequently yes when people don't have a favorite I'm like, what do you mean mm. so we have a list we have a list of the 10 best opening title sequences <laughs> um yes because us being us of all time we couldn't just let that go we couldn't let mm. that hang oh look at this this is this the loose threads episode yeah i guess well i feel like this for the end of the year this is it's kind of taking off a bunch of things that we do usually mm. yeah so a bit of irrelevant news brought <laughs> to me by you I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a Jordan topic that's connected with gaming and a catch up at the same time. Yeah. A list, a film review, and a Marvel film review. Oh. And a Sam's Lexicorner. Corner. So. Oh, there you go. Uh, so we just crack on with the list. Yes. Okay. So we kind of had a criteria, but the criteria only evolved because you were indecisive. Did it? Yeah. It was no, like. I wasn't we, indecisive. I just. Well, I was going off my gut. I'm yeah. like, oh, I think, you know, these are my favourite. And you were like, I can't choose between this. Like, right, oh, that. Let's break, oh, no. yeah, yeah, I let's thought, break thought, it down. I thought you were talking about, like, we haven't included children's shows. We haven't included, like, documentary. Oh. Documentary, like, yeah, yeah. non-fiction stuff. No, that is insane. Because there's, there's, like, you know, whole worlds of television that we haven't even accommodated for. And yes. it was freaking me out a little bit. So you <laughs> went, no, just the scripted stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's what we did. So that's what we did. We try, yeah, we tried to break it down like co- concept and execution. Yeah, music. Um, yeah, but like we wanted to avoid yes. the title sequence on there just because of the theme song. The music shouldn't carry it, but I will say it's a factor in a lot of. No, it absolutely yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But a it's more about like. the synergy between that and the visuals rather than God. The music's good, and you just kind of accept. Yeah, the you, everything visuals. else is. Yes. Yeah, which is why Doctor Who, for instance, isn't on my list. Mm. Yes, it's also not on mine. <laughs> oh, Sam, Sam, oh, yeah, I forgot. I thought yeah, it was on yours. Sam yeah. made me get rid of Doctor Who off my list. <laughs> didn't make you. And Prison I made, Break. I made you, you didn't let me have Prison I ma- Break I made, either. I made you realise that you didn't want it on You there. didn't make me realise. You said, Doctor Who's a two. Get it off there. <laughs> two out of four. Two out of four. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Uh, Prison Break is Only four is allowed. Prison Break is madness. Prison Break has great music. Yeah, the <laughs> music the music is decent, but yeah. you yourself were the one that insisted music can't be a thing. Yeah, but Prison Break's fine. Oh, but Prison Break's fine. Yeah. You just have a weird relationship with that show. <laughs> it, the credits are so pedestrian. No, they're just like good. every other show. No, they're good. They, they, they're not they good. They psych you up for the Prison The music does, not the credits. No, because the, 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 the visuals... They the, visual, the visuals are just like a bit of a scene from the show with a character in yeah. and their name which is the standard for every TV show you get the little origami crane as well and it's like oh, oh that's imagery just, that's actually going the ones that All right, made so Prison the Break time. isn't actually on there it's not nor is Doctor Who no. but what is Sam? Uh, well what okay how should we do this yeah we've got separate lists yeah, we've got, we yeah, yeah we're not going to collect <laughs> okay I'll list. do my number 10 first then okay my number 10 is Severance okay I know you were reticent to put it on yours because it's new. It's exactly the same crisis we went through with Parasite when we were doing <laughs> our best of the decade. No, yeah. it genuinely is. Because, yeah. like, Severance will probably... Like, that is a good opening title sequence. It is, yeah. Because um, it's it's artistically unique. Mm-hmm. 
But it's also, it really does set up that show pretty well. Well, there are titles that grow on you. Yeah. I never skipped them as well. I never skipped them. I never and, skipped them. And there are titles, like, usually for HBO things, where yeah. there's kind of a cliche now of like a quality opening title sequence. Mm. So something like, um, you know, with HBO shows, they tend to be like one minute and a one and a half minute long. Yeah. They, they kind of set the geography of the show and they show historical footage, you mm. know, all that kind of thing. There's a cliche quality show title scene. Yeah. Severance kind of falls into that. Uh, but the first time I saw it, it kind of broke out of that mm. mold. I'm like, oh yeah, this is unique. I just love the style of animation. Yeah. I love the uncanny movements yeah. that come with that. No, it, yeah, everything about it works. Works. For me, the thing that makes it is the spilling cup of Adam Scott's. Yes. <laughs> There's something about that, a bunch of Adam Scott's in a cup. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, I drink it or I drink it. <laughs> oh, you yeah. drink up that Adam I'm not, Scott. I'm not a homosexual. But yeah, that's my number 10. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I was going to say that it was the same thing with Parasite in that, well, it's a brand new thing. Don't really want to be putting it... Yeah, it's got to settle ...amongst in. Like, the best of all time. Yeah. But like, I guess time will tell. Like, yes. It, it is a good title sequence. I can't deny that. Yes. My number 10 is the only one... No, no, we mentioned other ones, but it's one that was mentioned in the last episode, which is Halt and Catch Fire. Okay, yeah. Um, which I haven't seen. No, you haven't even seen the show. <laughs> I haven't even seen the show, yeah. but I really like that opening title sequence. Yeah, it's pretty good. You did say that it's not exactly characteristic of the show. No, it's not at all. Which knocks it down a little bit, because it, it doesn't quite yeah, sell it accurately. It belies the show. Well, the show is... It starts off a bit patchy, but then it kind of evolves into madmen of the 80s computer industry, gaming right. industry. Okay. Computer going into gaming. Yeah. It's a drama. Yeah. Uh, whereas I, I, I think the opening credits suggest an aspect of thriller. Yes. And in the first season, they try... The reason the first season isn't as good, other than usual teething problems, is it's trying to do like... It, it's trying to be an anti-hero show. The main okay. character is kind of like a bit sexually ambiguous and maybe weird, mm. and, you know, all these things. And they kind of let that settle after the first season when they figure out what the show is. Okay. So I think that the thrillery score is is trying to reflect. Mm. Oh, there's like a darkness in this. Yeah. And yeah, it maintains a darkness, but not at all to that extent. Mm. But I, yeah, they, they are they are pretty good. They're good credits. credits. Um, good music, obviously. Good imagery. It's yeah. punchy. Yes. And it's like it feels short as well. It's, yeah. It's not a massive title sequence. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Okay. There isn't much to say about these. No, there's so, not. Which is like, why this, this is, is a warm-up list. We can't do an in-depth review here. Yeah. This is just, yeah. Uh, my number nine is Six Feet Under. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Is it on your list? It's not. No, okay. So we can talk about it. But it is a good one. Well, the score is a big part of it. Uh, Thomas Newman, who did American Beauty. Yeah. You've said, like, his vibe is totally unique. Totally unique. It, it is, like, the Six Feet Under score. It's equally light-hearted, mm. a bit funny, and really sad. Mm. Which is the show. Yeah. So it, it kind of perfectly represents the show. It's it, it's kind of it's got a a dark sense of humor in a very dark context. Mm. I think it works because the imagery of the opening titles obviously it's all funereal mm. and death and them kind of working on bodies. Yeah. Um, but it's got that sort of heavenly glow to it. It has a heavenly glow to it, like someone being wheeled down on a gurney toward the light. Yeah. You know, um, it's very serious, offset by the music. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And it's got those like weird drums and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the show in a nutshell. Very uh, serious subject matter. Yeah. Offset by humour. Hmm. So yeah, that's my number nine. <laughs> okay. And mine yes. is Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, okay, yeah. Is there not like... No. 
I know what you're going to say. <laughs> the answer's no. A title sequence that is simultaneously timeless and such a perfect encapsulation of its era. I think Malcolm in the Middle is probably, even though I don't necessarily have a, um, a close relationship with that show, mm. I think it's the most nostalgic title sequence. Absolutely. Yeah. I so associate it with my youth. Mm. Sky One, you know, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I love the idea of Malcolm. Just that very, like, fast-paced spiky song mm. you know like a very adolescent as yeah. well you know the burst that, that, that <laughs> yeah. kind of nasally blink 182 sort of yeah over just the the anarchy of family life family life intercut with footage from things they would have watched on saturday mornings yeah saturday morning cartoons and wrestling and yeah it's very 90s mm. late 90s early yeah. 90s so and that's our when we grew up yeah so. exactly yeah and it, it, yeah. it is it's a perfect example of something that's so specific it becomes timeless universal it yeah. becomes universal yeah yeah that's what i love about it that's yeah. why it's on the list uh, okay my number eight is garth Marenghi's dark place oh my god that's the mine's number eight, your as, eight well. as well it's my number eight as well okay. yeah yeah, it's really good. It's, <laughs> I think we both watched it. We both immediately went, yeah, it's going on. Yeah, it's, on, it's top 10. Yeah. Well, it's funny. That's the main thing. Yeah. It's really funny. It nails the 80s aesthetic. Yeah. The, with the old Channel 4 logo as well. Yes. Introing it. And yeah, just because the show's from 2004, but it's a, it's a pastiche. It's a parody of... Well, the show, it's, yeah, the show within the show is meant to have been made in the 80s. It's meant to have been made in the yeah. 80s, and it's a parody of like those kind of Stephen King... It, it is. It's, it's a weird blend. The show itself, the, the like the storylines, yeah, are pastiches of yeah, like anthological Stephen King, like at his worst, yeah. kind of stories. They kind of trashy horror stories mixed in with the main star of that show being the author of those stories and a total egotist. Yeah, like one of the credits is theme song based on tunes hummed by yeah. Garth Marenghi. Original melody whistled by Garth Yeah, that's Marenghi. Yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an it's auto-hagiographical, the yeah. whole thing, isn't it? It's like, it's a total ego trip. Yeah. Like, I, the, the, I, I love it when it bleeds into the show as well. Yeah, the title card shot is him holding a baby while running away from an exploding ambulance. Yeah, it's well, so, like, I was going to say, it's kind of... It, it, it's tonally, that's part of the thing, is that he, he he has no sense of tone. Yeah. So it's those kind of horror-y, like, um, oh, what's the author who wrote, like, Day of the Triffids? And, um, like, The World's End is very inspired by... Okay. You take, like, a very British location and you put, like, killer flowers. Right. All, you know, that's going to bug me. But, yeah, just Google it. Okay. It takes that, but then with an American sensibility of their mainstream action thriller shows of the 80s. So, like, yeah. the A-Team... It's got that kind of score, synthy, like do 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 do, you know, yeah. and like exploding ambulances. Like, what is? What's the tone of this show? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, because he's a terrible writer. Yeah. So, and I think the opening just nails that. Absolutely. And, and plus actor is one of the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Dreamweaver visionary plus actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it is. Yeah, it's a perfect example of like you know you could w- only watch that title sequence and you get the show. Yeah. Maybe not the nuances of it, like the show within the show stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know exactly what it's going for. Oh, yeah. And they, like, they clearly studied 80, you know, like, it's that music. It's those types of credits. And it's all, like, using footage from the show, Mm. which they all did of, like, there'll be a character, like, smiling wryly. And then the character's, like, high-fiving or whatever. Yeah, it nails it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that'll be the only one where we have had it in the same position. I don't think it is. Okay. Uh, number seven, Homeland, for me. It's not on my list. It's not on your list, okay. But it's a good one. I don't think there's like any time no, sequences we're, we're, I think we're gonna, both going to agree that they're yeah. all good. 
they change slightly season to season, the mm-hmm. same kind of idea. It's the score, which is this jazzy, kind of all over the place sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, really discordant, barely melodical. Yeah, but underneath it all, blended in with relevant audio from the real world and in show. Yeah. And I love that, because it really grounds it in, yeah, this is happening. Mm. You know, that's the idea. Quotes from the characters, intercut with Obama, talking about torture and yeah. things like that. And, and each clip that they select is appropriate for that season thematically. Mm. What they're talking about, like a lot of Snowden stuff in season five and uh, Pakistan stuff in season four. I, season eight, if I had to highlight one, would be my favourite, just because it, it, it encompasses the whole context of the show. Yeah. It starts with 9-11, which has obviously happened way before the show. Yeah. But it's the it's, it started the world in which that show is set. Well, and it treats the show as an entire entity, as one story that's, like, been unfolding, which I think yeah. is the first time it feels like Homeland had been acknowledged that way. Like, you've yeah. got season one and two, which mm-hmm. are very much the Agent Brody seasons. And three. And three as yeah, well, yeah. but I think three was... It was my drop-off point. I think it was oh, a drop-off three, point three, for a lot of three people. Three was a dip in quality, yeah. but one, two, three are the Brody. The, that's the, the Brody, Brody saga. Era, yeah. I, I don't think he makes... Does he make it to the end of season three? He dies in the finale, yeah. Oh, right, okay. I thought he yeah. died earlier than that. That's no, no, why no. I didn't include yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then four is kind of like a, a new lease on life. Yeah, it's essentially a soft reboot. It's a soft reboot. Yeah. Five is pretty self-contained, from mm-hmm. what I remember. And then six and seven... Are kind of companion pieces. Yeah, yeah. and then eight is sort of like... It's, a, as you said previously yeah it's it, kind of a sequel to season four but it's also a culmination of everything, of everything. it's very well done yeah very and that's what's well nice about that title sequence it feels like the show's finally going this has been one's thing yes they bring brody into the title sequence yeah you know yes it's that strange collision of sounds the score beneath it all if i wasn't watching the show it would make me excited and want to watch it it, you know, it, it yeah it ca- yeah. catches your attention you're like oh what the hell is that yeah so that's my number seven yeah. My number seven is Bojack Horseman. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a really good example of a show that's paying attention to mm-hmm. itself. Because I think every little update and little, like, change that happens to the characters or to the world yeah, of that show. Yeah, every story development. It's always reflected yeah. in the title sequence. The big example is, like, for the first few episodes, the Hollywood sign is seen from Bo- Bojack's house. Yeah. And then the D gets stolen. Yes. And rather than replacing it, everyone just starts calling it Hollywood. Yeah. And the title sequence has changed to reflect that almost immediately. Yeah. So it's a nice little example of a show that's paying attention to its to to its own details. Mm-hmm. Um, Beauty of the animation, isn't it? It's easy to just redo the I suppose, yeah, title absolutely. Um, I think Bojack would be on a lot of people's lists. But yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. It, again, it's just such a, such a unique vibe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that weird score, the bum, 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 that kind of almost Seinfeldian, but yeah. sad kind of. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it is weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you do kind of like, kind of like BoJack. You come away from it with like you felt something, but you're kind of empty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've just yeah. got to. I'm, I'm gonna have to process this for a while just to know what I'm feeling. Yeah, I always think of Bill Burr when I think of BoJack Horseman because I, I I listened. I can't remember if it was an interview or his podcast, and he said like he loves BoJack because he likes his house. Oh, right. I won his house. <laughs> so, and obviously that's the first image of the title yes. sequence fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, was that it for yeah. Bojack? Okay. Bojack's a good one. My number six is Game of Thrones. Yeah, all right. <laughs> is that on yours? I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's a good title sequence. It's a very good title sequence. The music, of course. It's a clear, clean premise. Yeah. Another instance of they update the title sequence according to changes within the show. Geographical locations, yeah. yeah. So, fantastically designed... Yeah, and it showcases the geography on like a 
Is it Warhammer? It's like it's a Warhammer yeah, like, table. Yeah, it's thing. like a, a map, like a, a massive, yeah, yeah. like uh, multi-dimensional map. I don't know Multi- how, you, how you yeah. describe it. What do you, what do you call those? Well, it's not just a flat-drawn map, is it? It's like structures. No, no, but I mean models. actual Warhammer. What is it? A table? What would you call? I it? guess a Warhammer. T- I don't sure. fucking know. Right. This is be- I mean, you're the D and D guy now. Yeah, but that's a whole other. Place. I know, I know. Um, yeah, with like the structures evolving upwards, kind yeah. of forming, uh, like crystallizing. Uh, like a game, you know, yeah. it is like a Warhammer game. Mm. Everyone knows the Game of Thrones sequence. It's really good. Yeah. Got, that's all I've got yeah, to say no, about it. It is. Yeah. Right. What's your number six? The day to day. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Interesting how? No, just that, yeah, it's not one that I think would spring to anyone's mind. No, I think people would probably put Brass Eye before the day to day. Like, that's the, Brass I think I the would. big one. I think I would as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both very similar conceptually. Yes. They're obviously, uh, the day-to-day, it's like a parody of news programming, so the title sequence is a parody of a news opening. Mm-hmm. Brass Eye is more like current affairs, crime watch, crime watch that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but bombastic, over the top. Yeah. This so, is the news. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So Brass Eye, it's sort of like B-roll of current affairs. Mm-hmm spliced in with like very overdramatic shots of like the the presenters yeah like pointing at someone in the yeah, audience yeah dramatically and, yeah. pointing and like flicking their hair yeah yeah and then all of a sudden there's like this mad little VFX, VFX sequence at the end where yeah. it becomes like the Da Vinci yeah <laughs> like the man with multiple arms and then yeah. it starts like folding and it, yeah and it's, it is very good but I think the day to day it's a simpler cleaner execution of that concept yeah where it's just initially you've just got like these globes coming out of the screen and then there's one that comes up for the title, and it just keeps like, it just keeps yeah, going. It just keeps going. It like it it's it rotates, then it folds, then it squashes down, then another one comes up, and that in, envelops it, and it switches around, and yeah, it it's such, keeps going. Both shows are very distinctive, like shitty graphics thing going on. Yeah, yeah, like deliberately. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is very. And good. the music even reflects that, where it's like do 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 do. Do, 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 do. It just keeps yeah, going. It just keeps going. Yeah, I, it, no, it's like Brass Eye does get an honorable mention because it's very close yeah. in uh, execution. But if I was going to name one of the two, it would be the day to day. Yeah, fair enough. It is very good. Okay, my number five is The Leftovers, the second title sequence. Oh, not the first one? Not the first one. I like the first one. Yeah. So the first one is kind of like Sistine Chapel esque uh, murals. Yes. But, but of contemporary scenes. Yeah. Uh, and you know to do with the the departure kind of people being pulled away like angels and all that kind of thing yeah very over the top very self-serious and I think misinterpreted as being self-important mm. whereas I, if you're Damon and Love say oh I thought it was funny that, right. that it was so you know yeah um, over the top that people would get that but I think that then they reinvented themselves for season two mm. I think in part due to the response that the show is a hard watch yeah um, maybe that didn't help it maybe the fact that the show yeah and, and the music is incredible it's like very operatic and like oh, yeah which, like, which I, can, I can see how that would add to his interpretation of it that it's funny yeah but yeah as you said the show didn't seem to overtly develop a sense of humour until later on yes so maybe that didn't help make the case that you know yeah. maybe you could have viewed the initial title sequence as funny because it's so like yeah yeah I d- even like I d- you know things like that tend to be in my area, uh, you know, things like that I do find funny. Yeah. We've talked about it before, but, like, The Smiths is, like, it's so, like, melodramatic that it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think I ever did find it funny. I did kind of take it at face value. Okay. But, yeah, so the second season, they the, the show sort of uh, reinvented itself. 
there's a song that plays called Let the Mystery Be mm. by Iris Dement. I love the song. Mm. Uh, it's both sad and funny again. And it bespeaks the reinvention of the show, which is, it's a little more kind of ground level, a little more kind of... Uh, yeah, it feels a bit more kitsch, doesn't it? A bit kitsch more is the, uh, the kitsch is the word I was going to use, but kitsch, uh, I think there's an implied criticism in that. It doesn't become more twee, but it becomes kind of more um, human, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, folksy, definitely. And the kind of idea of the sequence is uh, stills of family members or friends or whatever. Yeah. And one of them has disappeared. Yeah. Like the the, the, whole, the visuals are very haunting, yet sweet at the same time with the song. And let the mystery be has kind of become an inner mantra for me. I think it's a good thing to go through life with. Let right. the mystery be. I, this is a bit of a tangent, and I don't know if we talked about it before, but I always view the leftovers as kind of lost graduating to, to university. Okay. I love Lost, but it was a network show. Uh, they, you know, it dealt very explicitly with mysteries and it planted Easter eggs and you were meant to kind of thing. Whereas The Leftovers, the whole point is there are things you're not going to know the answer to. Mm. And that ambiguity becomes the kind of very, the beating heart of the show itself. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a grown up, a more grown up Lost. And I just love the kind of design of these constellations in the gaps where people were, like, in the figure of the body. Oh, it's, it's striking imagery. Simple it's striking, striking imagery. Yeah. And the final fade of a mother leaving the two children is just heartbreaking. Yeah. So, yeah, no, The Leftovers. I love, I love that. Okay. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five is The Americans. Okay. It's, also good. It's, yeah. <laughs> They're all good, okay? They're mm. all good. I mean, this is the type of title sequence that you could, like, teach in a class. Mm-hmm. This is the premise of this is what the show is. Here is it abstracted and distilled into yeah. a short, punchy sequence. Yeah. Obviously, it's got good music, but just like the constant like parallels of um, it's not just showing you stuff from America and stuff from Russia. Mm. It's showing them side by side. It's deliberately trying to draw parallels. Yeah, like analogs. Yeah, analogs yeah. between the two countries. Um, I can't actually remember any, but it would be like a McDonald's and the Kremlin, or like um, there might be something like that. I think they show the two government buildings side by side. Yeah, I think there's or also Benjamin s- Franklin and Lenin. You know. Like yeah, kind of I think there's also a bit where they've got you know like the classic American dancing girls with yes. like the, they raise their legs. Yes, high with the traditional Russian. Yeah, dancing. exactly. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. And then towards the end, they do start integrating like character stuff in there as well. Yeah, like case files and and um, espionage photos and stuff like that. I think, it's, but it, it's just such a strong concept executed. So it is, well. and it's good because it's it, it sinks in as well. Like I think it, it takes you a while to kind of realize, oh, they're doing that. Yeah, because it's very quick. Yeah, and you know, whenever it takes longer for something to sink in, it tends to be a better experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Very good. Yeah. My number four is Shameless, the US version. Ah, yes, this is on my list, but it's not number four. But it's not number four. Okay, we'll come back to it. Then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Feels weird, but yeah. okay, we'll do that then. My number four is the IT crowd. Okay. Yes. Good. It's good. It's good. Yes. It's not top ten, but it's good. No, it's good. It really is good. <laughs> it is good. It What's is wrong good. with it? Nothing's wrong with it. Honestly, nothing's yeah. wrong with it. It's no, just... that, that's... That, yeah, genuinely. There is yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with it. Again, good music inspired by... What's the song? It has electric in it. Ah. Uh, Friends Electric by okay. Gary Newman. All right. It's very clearly okay. the synth lines taken from that. Have you heard that song? No. I think you w- when you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, that. Right, okay. Uh, yes, but carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just like every little thing about it, it's, it's says something. Like, obviously, it starts with the three main characters 
Like, there's a building full of drones and one of the computers goes wrong and then the three main characters show up. Mm-hmm. Roy uses, like, a big hammer because he's just this thug. This <laughs> thug, yeah, this yeah, careless yeah. thug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moss has, like, this replica anime sword because he's a nerd. Yes. Jenna has a whip because she's a hard-ass. Yeah, yeah. And then they all get, like, someone pulls, like, the chain on a toilet and they all get flushed into the basement, which is obviously the main location of the show. Yeah. And then you got that fun little visual gag at the end where it's, like, written by Graham Linehan. Mm-hmm. And it's that, like, computer when it's frozen and it just creates an infinite version yeah, yeah. of Dragging the screen as you drag screen. it around yeah, the screen. Yeah. It's just like, it's such a tight sequence. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those things where when you break it down, you realize how good it is. I think when you watch it, well, me anyway, it's like you don't pay that much attention to it. Maybe because it's a 20 minute comedy and you're just waiting to get to the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it is It is very good. Yeah. No, it's so compact and yeah. it's nothing obvious wasted. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is True Blood. So... Again, the song. It's very down and dirty. I think mm. it's called Bad Things by Jace Everett. I think. That would make sense. Yeah. I won't do, do bad, bad things, things to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, down and dirty. It's just this collage of sex and violence on the South. <laughs> um, unparalleled, I would say, grounding of the location of the show. Mm. Like, you really get where it's set. Yeah. Uh, it combines a lot of themes visually. So religion, lust, segregation, oppression, death. Uh, all things that the show deals with. I know it's like the easy thing to like, but there's a there's a point where like the camera's in a truck driving past a sign, a, like a church sign mm. that says God hates fangs. Yeah. And for me, that's the perfect distillation of the show. Yeah. And it never appears in the show. Oh, right. Okay. It's just the thing that's in the, the title sequence. Oh, okay. Because there's a lot of existing footage that they use. Mm. So it kind of makes it unclear what yeah, they filmed I, and what isn't. I think that Fox, the Fox is famously... Is, yeah, that's yeah. the most famous one. But you don't really know what they've shot for it and what's... Yeah. Like a woman being baptised in, in a lake and all mm. like at night, you know. Very, very... And kind of sped up, slowed down. For, yeah, it's just kind of very perfectly done, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah, that's my number three. Okay. What's yours? Masters of Sex. Well, that's my number two. Okay. So, we'll so we'll talk about it now? Uh, yes, I suppose we yeah, will. We'll yes. Yeah, we will talk yeah, about yeah. it anyway. Okay. It's good, isn't it? It's good. So basically, it's a comprehensive collection of visual metaphors for sex. Yes. Very comprehensive. Yeah. It's all existing footage, with the exception of the the little animation of the boy and the girl mm. spliced between. I don't know, it's just like, again, it's not necessarily reflective of the show entirely. Okay. You'd think the show was a lot more bawdy mm. than it is. It's a drama with a lot of sex in it. Okay. And it does have a sense of humor, but it's not as... Right. But it's it's just kind of nice and cheeky. It's like, yeah, hey, you know. And it's it's as you say, it's so comprehensive. Yeah. That it's just a, a definitive article. It's undeniable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I like that they did it as well because I think that if you were to pitch that, I feel like they'd go, well, yeah, yeah, obviously we were hoping you'd come up with something a bit cleverer than that. Yeah, yeah. But when you see it, it's like, oh no, this had to be done. There was yeah. no, no other. Title sequence. You could have done I, just, for this show. I just like the little story that plays out in the graphic. You know, mm. like the boy and the girl sitting on the same bench, kind of looking coyly at each other, not wanting to talk. Then moving closer, then getting like a buzz. Yeah. And then it ends just with the two of them like sitting apart, legs open, hair like muscled, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. What's your number two? Shameless. Right. Let's talk about Shameless. It's good. It's good. So it's essentially a fixed camera. Yeah. Looking at a bathroom floor. Mm. Brilliant premise. Yeah. Again, down and dirty like the show. It And it says a little something about each character yeah. in the show. Uh, it suggests the brash tone and the propellant dynamic song just like really takes you through it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no, it does. It, it's it's uh, deceptive in how much it's achieving. Yeah. Because it is just a locked off camera, and as far as you're concerned, you're just watching people use the bathroom for the various things they do. Some yeah. using it properly, some using it not properly. Yes. You meet every like I'm assuming you meet every major character, mm-hmm. and you, as you say, it says something about their character, the way that they interact with the bathroom. Yeah. Obviously, it grounds that sense of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a strong concept. Like that yeah. could be a whole music video. Yes, it unto could. itself, it could. It's, it's that strong a concept, and, and it's the kind of song that the, it's the kind of music they use in the shows. So are like very punky. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect for setting a tone. Like, yeah, I get that. Show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think we've got the same number one. I think we do. Dexter. Yeah, it's Dexter. Dexter. Okay. Yeah, we kind of yeah. you kind of said it in the last episode, but having now. Gone through yes a, your a definitive yeah we peer reviewed it yeah we peer reviewed it we can say yes Dexter is indeed the best it is the best television, television. Uh, it's playful it has that incongruous music mm. it's such a simple concept and the best thing about it is it's all in the filming yeah you couldn't pitch it literally no it's like well he wakes up and he brushes his teeth and he ties his shoelaces yeah and, you know just this whole idea of like a lethal predator masquerading as normal. Yeah. A morning routine that's pregnant with violence. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. it. You know, if you're not familiar with it, it's like, yeah, it's him going about his morning routine, but it's filmed in such a way to kind of exemplify the flashiness of it or the kind yeah. of... Um, so the pomegranate, like, yeah, is, the, is filmed in such a way where it looks like he's, like, disemboweling someone. Yeah, and he's putting steaks or bacon yeah he's putting meat on the tray when he's um, putting his t-shirt on it's like someone's being suffocated yeah and when he's flossing his teeth it's like he's wrapping something to garret someone yeah Yeah. it's fantastic it's inspired it really is and then you get that little nod at the end that you're in on it yeah I think it just says so much about the show because the show again dark yeah but it has a it has a sense of humour yeah and you get his narration. Yeah, so exactly. in his head. Like, yeah. yeah. All right? He's like literally nodding at he you. He acknowledges you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so much to do. It, it, like, I know that is the big criticism is it's a bit too long. I think Yeah, it is. is. But, it, but again, it's... <clears throat> How long are Dexter episodes? They're not 40 minutes, are they? They're a bit longer because yeah, they show slightly, time. Yeah. So I'm okay with a longer one if the show is longer. Yeah. It's when you get those credits for like a 40-minute drama. It's like, no, 40 minutes, you want Breaking Bad Lost. You just yeah. want the title card. Yeah, no, Dexter is the best, definitively. Definitively the yeah. best one. All right. <laughs> that was that one. Tune in for the next episode if you want a proper list. It's weird not ending with a list, I gotta say. Yeah. I had new wardrobes recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> new wardrobes. I can't talk about video games. We're going to talk about you <laughs> getting a new wardrobe. <laughs> No, basically, the co- the corollary is that I also got a new DVD player. Mm. Well, an old DVD player, but new for me. And there was a disc already in it. Mm. Basically, my mother has a friend that cleans out houses. So if there's something that works, we'll just give it to people. Right. So we got new wardrobe chests and chests of drawers on a DVD player. And there was a disc in there. So we thought... Cleans out houses that, like... People have, have vacated. Yeah. Yes. She doesn't just take people's shit. She right? doesn't people... No. 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 I love that. A burglar that, like, just for the inconvenience, will also clean up a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, no, like, mass cleans out houses, gets yeah. rid of all the shit they leave behind. And there was a disc already in the DVD player. Mm. So I thought, that's some fodder. So we watched a <laughs> bit of it. It's up on the screen now. So the disc is the Renown Archive. Uh, sorry, the Renown Pictures, A Rainy Afternoon at the Flicks Collection, Volume 2, Disc 3. 
<laughs> so they were really on a marathon, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Or they particularly like the contents. <laughs> it's basically films from the 40s, it looks like. They, they, they kind of, each disc, it's as though it's a program for a cinema in the 1940s. Yeah, arranged how yeah. they used to be. So you have a couple of like little... Vignettes. Sh- vi- vignette yeah. shorts at the beginning. Then you have a B feature. Then you have a main feature. Yes. So the, the, on this, the, the pre-feature stuff is something called One a Minute and Let's Visit Lancashire. Yes. The B feature is That Brennan Girl and the main feature is Thunder Rock. Now, we had no, absolutely no idea what this would be. No. So That Brennan Girl and Thunder Rock, it transpires, are feature-length films. So we didn't watch those because fuck that. <laughs> um, but we did watch One a Minute and some of, maybe most of, Let's Visit Lancashire. Yeah. Just before the podcast. Yeah. One a minute was surprisingly funny. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that was, it? yeah, that was a big surprise. Yeah. Because, it, it, yeah, it's clearly, like, from the 40s or whatever yeah. period of time, you know. Because it doesn't just... It's not just aesthetically of that era. The sound is of that era. Yes. Like, it's loud crackle mm-hmm. where you have to, like, tune into the dialogue. Yeah. And it's a comedy. A little comedy short. It's a little comedy sketch. But it's, like... Good, it holds up. It's good humour. It's, it's not like that type, you know, not, I'm, when I say humour that's like outdated, I don't mean something that like, oh, that's not acceptable anymore. No, no, no. It's just like some humour, it's like, uh, we, we It's laugh. aged badly. Yeah, we just laugh at different things now. Like Lanny Bruce, just not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas no, this is like, it, it has a solid little premise. Yeah. It's like an inventor. Yeah. Who's coming up with all <laughs> like, these. Like it opens, like it just fades in on him. Yeah. And he's like, I am annoyed. Yes. I am rather angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's kind of encountered all these, not really problems, but problems of modern life, such as it was. Yeah. And it's come up with all these inventions to remedy yeah. those ills. So, like, if your pee slides off your fork, he's invent- uh, your knife, rather, he's invented a knife that has holes in it. <laughs> so they all carry peas. And, like, uh, wives that wave their husbands off to work so they don't catch a cold in the winter. It's kind of like this arm that you pull a lever, yeah, and it, it kind waves of waves its hanky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. Yeah, well, it was like the the humor was well considered as well. Yes, because it was it was, it was like it, it was played completely straight. Like it wasn't being delivered as though oh this is this is a comedy bit. Yeah, we're in on the joke. It was not no about. no like yeah this is pre that shit. Yeah, this is just no this is a funny sketch. Yeah, Walter. yeah, I'm I'm I am. A character in a thing. I don't think this is funny, therefore I'm not delivering it in a funny way. Yes. But obviously, yeah, the the, the joke was he'd come up with these inventions that he obviously believed helped. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they either were just like completely unnecessary or make the situation worse. Yeah. So, for example, like, yeah, you've given those examples, but there's also one where it's like, oh, if you're trying to eat soup. Yes. Um, like, when you go to a restaurant and you try to eat soup, usually they have a band playing to mask... To mask the clinking of the the, <laughs> yeah. the spoon on the bowl. Yeah. So I've invented a bell that lives under your soup bowl that rings every time that you clink your spoon. Yeah. And it's this horrible shrill it's ringing. It's horrible, yeah. Yeah, but he goes, see, you can't share the spoon. The thing is, the thing I like about it is that they're all like over overly elaborate, impractical yes. inventions. Oh yeah, he's over-invented. He's over-invented, but they all work for the purpose except the bell one, which is what I like. <laughs> It's like that. It doesn't actually solve any problem. Well, you can kind of see the logic to it, but also yeah. when you actually look at the finished product, you go, oh, "No, <laughs> like the left-handed coffee mug." 
Yeah. Where it's just like, it's a coffee mug. And it's like, well, if you're right-handed, you just take the, the, the handle off and put it on the other side. Yes. Whereas literally all you had to do was just turn the <laughs> mug. <laughs> what was the first one? Because that was a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Where you just move something. Well, there was the alarm candles, wasn't there? Yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah, where you put it in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> if you, For whatever time you want to wake up. If you wake up in 10 hours, you put the 10-hour yeah. candle in and light the wick. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll burn your face <laughs> when it's time to wake up. Yeah, no, it was good. Oh, the, the half-alarm clock was good as well. If you want to wake the alarm up, clock, yeah. but the other the other person in the bed doesn't, you split the alarm clock in half, so only your half yeah. rings, yeah, so the other person it. doesn't get woken yeah. up. It's obviously bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was like a big surprise. Yeah. yeah. And it's only like, it's only a couple of minutes long. Yeah, it's know. like five minutes, something like that. I don't know, like... If it exists anywhere else, or if we have the only copy. That's true, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they've tried, this collection has tried to program it, and that this is literally what you would have seen yeah. on this week or whatever in 46. But then the next thing was Let's Visit Lancashire, which was a lot less funny. Yes, that was just a dry, yeah. straight-up documentary telling you how great Lancashire is. It's a bit funny because of its anachronistic anachronism yeah there's like moments the, where he kind of because it, it's it's got that kind of eloquence it's that 1940s you know exactly yeah. yeah it's not just the way they speak it's the vernacular that they use yeah yeah it's very elaborate it's very prim and proper well it, and then there's moments where he just twee. kind of yeah very twee yeah. but then there's moments where he just kind of like talks more colloquially yeah well and just the pronunciation of like um people here come to see the water Yes, it's water a lot. Yeah, stuff like that. But then there's yeah. a moment where, like, oh, you don't have to look both ways across. Yeah, the street. Mrs. Pickle or whatever. Mrs. Pickle doesn't have to look both ways. She crosses the street to tell Mrs. Whatever in the other house that she's irked the butcher again. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's things like that. Little things like that. It's like, oh, that's yeah. kind of funny. But yeah. it's clear the intent is just here's Lancashire. It's promoting Lancashire. Yeah, isn't yeah. it great? And God, I'd never want to live there. <laughs> I just the country. What was never. the thing where he said like? Um, Lancashire wasn't enough for one resident who said that it was just trees and bushes and stuff. <laughs> and she's not wrong. Yeah. But that's what's great about Lancashire. It's like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. It's just a place, you know. So that was fodder in so much as it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we thought there'd be more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a nice little sketch. I would recommend it, but I don't know if you'll ever find it. Yeah. So it's, it's called, if you, yeah, if you want to try YouTube again, it's called One A Minute. So maybe try one a minute, 1940s comedy sketch yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Okay, it's time for a Sam's Lexa Corner. Yay! Yay! Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's Lexa Corner. So this was in response to, was it last episode? I promised one, didn't I? Yes, this really is the wrapping yeah. everything up. Yes, episode She Hulk, I believe. She Hulk inspired and this. kind of well, you sort of asked for it. So, how would you define it? Well, She Hulk seems to be the problems presented in She Hulk are not unique. There are so mm-hmm. many shows and films nowadays where it feels like they're just doing all the shit the She Hulk did. Yes, it they kind of as you sort of characterize it as well. I think that it's not just that they're Com- uh, lowest common denominator mm-hmm. meta comedy that is it's not even like disguising the mechanics of the show it's putting them on full display yes as though it's doing something really clever but it's also using that as a substitute for actually writing jokes and writing a story yeah so like a joke in She-Hulk will be oh look the A story and the B story are finally intersecting 
Yes. When that's literally everything a show should be doing. That, that shouldn't be highlighted. Yeah. Not just because you don't need to, but also that's basic fucking shit. Yeah, basic structure. Um, And then, obviously, the big thing is there is no finale. She just goes, oh, this finale is not very good. Right. And then she goes to the Marvel offices and they go, oh, look, here's a better finale. And yeah. that's the finale. So, like, the, the trend of, especially, like, Marvel and things like that. And like with ideology as well, I think that's a big. That's making and that's a, the other a social point. It's not yeah. just yeah. It's not just the meta component because that's existed for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. They seem to be rolling up left-leaning ideology into there as well. Mm-hmm. Again, as if it's something radical and new. Yeah, I'm a woman. I'm yes. a, a female protagonist. Yeah, yeah. The 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 toxic male trolls are mm. the enemy. Because again, I, like yeah. I think this is something people have pointed out as well. Like Ghostbusters 2016. Mm-hmm. The villain was Which based- has been reappraised. That got shit reviews at the time. Obviously from normal people. Yeah. But also from the critics. Yeah. It's been reappraised. Like, it's now fresh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, it was fresh at the time, wasn't it? Was it fresh at the time? I'm sure they put it on the DVD case that it was certified fresh. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, okay. literally, yeah. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe then. I don't know. Um, but I, I think since the last Ghostbusters film came out, a lot of people have said, oh, it makes the other one look pretty good now. Yeah. Which is just... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Afterlife was... I haven't seen it, in fairness, but from what I know of it, that was guilty of other problems yeah. within the yeah. industry. But yeah, again, it's kind of acting as though... Like, like, like the the villain of Ghostbusters 2016 was like a Ghostbusters fan or something, or he was like a, a male... Like, he lives in his mother's basement. It's clearly like a dig at, like, the stereotypical Ghostbusters fan or the type of person that would stereotypically like something like Ghostbusters. That's yeah. also kind of the same in She-Hulk, where I think they're like people that like t- uh, complaining on Reddit about the fact that she uh, that She-Hulk has Hulk powers. The Velma thing, yeah, like the, the Velma scorn for the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's a part of it as well. Yeah, I've tried to roll it all up into a ball. Okay. So what I've come up with is midfic. Okay. M I D F I C C. Now you could drop one of the C's if you want, because I think it as like fic like fiction. I think that works quite nicely. Yeah. But midfic stands for meta, ideologically driven, fan indifferent, clueless, and conceited. Okay. And I think you, there's a nice thing. It's like middle of the road fiction. Yes. Midfic. Midfic. Um, so would I say She-Hulk is a midfic from film. Marvel Studios? Um, or would it be? I think mid- it'd be a midfic film. Okay. So it's- or you could just say it's midfic. Yeah. Yeah. Either it's a midfic or it's a midfic film. Okay. So yeah. it's like it's not its genre. It's like a... I suppose... If it's, you, it's like saying, oh, it's like a serialized drama. I suppose a, an addendum to the lexicon could be some mid-fiction. Okay. So, M-I-D, all caps, M-I-D-F-I-C-C, shun. Right. But yeah, matter, like we talked about, ideologically driven, fan and different, lacking in real self-awareness that people don't like it. That was the other thing as well. Yeah, yeah. so clueless, I kind of yeah. boiled down to that. And conceited, that it thinks it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I think it's all in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that feels thorough. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. Alright, should we do a film review? Must we? (laughs) It's the last. Can we just pretend we did the review and just go home? It's the last thing. Let's Uh, just get out of the way. Okay, well, you can tell me what it was about then. Oh, I don't know what it was about. I can't be expected to know the plot. Right, the film that we, 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 we're going to review, yes. we're going to attempt to review, yes. I think we're going to review it, <laughs> it's uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. I watched this film. 
with, as, as did I. With audio and visuals. <laughs> with clarity. With clarity yeah. of thought. Not only that, I like... Because the copy that I watched, I'm assuming the copy you watched as well, was creatively acquired. I watched it in the comfort of my own home, mm-hmm. despite it only being available in the cinemas. Yeah, I wouldn't... No. A friend, yeah. a friend asked... Oh, let's go to the cinema this week. Is there anything good? The only thing of note is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I will not pay <laughs> to watch that. I refuse on yeah. principle. And so the copy... So yeah, we stole it. Yeah. <laughs> and the copy that we stole, yeah. when they're talking in their stupid nonsense languages, it's translated into, <laughs> it's translated into French subtitles. You're getting more right-wing on this podcast. <laughs> They are nonsense language. It's not real African, right? That they're speaking. Or I think I don't know. I know the one that he's speaking is. Oh, it is. Is it? Namor. It's like a Mayan language. Oh right. Oh, I I thought they were yeah. fictional languages. Oh right. Okay. I, in that case, I do they're apologize. They're fucking dirty, sweaty languages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming into our country. <laughs> Wet baccalaureate. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, if they're real languages, fine. But I assume they were fictional languages. Yeah, okay. But they were translated into French subtitles, which obviously we, we don't know French. No. So I went to the effort of translating the subtitles. Oh, did you? I didn't even go amateur. I opened up Google Translate, I put it <laughs> side by side, okay. and I typed out the subtitles. So I knew what was being said. Well, you know more about the plot than me, then. And I feel totally ill-equipped to review <laughs> this film. <laughs> right. What... what? Let's try and... What, what is the plot? The plot is, he, he's died. He's he dead. He's died of a disease. Which he's not supposed to? Well, they were trying to heal him, and it didn't work. Well, that's the thing. I don't remember the first Black Panther. Okay. Um, but I, I know that like that little herb that she's trying to recreate, that's what gives him his Black Panther powers. Mm-hmm. I thought the idea was that once he had... He didn't need to replenish the herb. Like, he's taken it now. He is the Black Panther. I can't remember anything about the herb. I'll be honest. Okay. I, there are things I remember from the first one, but nothing about the herb. Okay. The herb. The herb. The herb. The herb. Probably do a Jamaican accent. Yeah, the herb. The herb. The herb. Yeah, I thought the idea was that, like, oh, you take that herb, and now you're the Black Panther. Right. And when Killmonger destroyed all of it, it was so that there could be no more Black Panthers. Because, like... If he needed to replenish Killmonger now, if mm. he needed to keep replenishing the herb, why did he destroy it all? I don't know. Let's not do that. The point is, yes. Chadwick Boseman dies off screen almost immediately from an unknown illness, which he probably shouldn't have had given that he has the Black Panther herb. Because they're trying to sure. they're trying to synthesize the Black Panther herb and she doesn't do it in time and he dies. Yes. Um so that happens. <laughs> so, so that happens. And then... There's a funeral, there's a mural on the wall. It's fairly tastefully done, in all fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some white devils um, are in, in a sub. Not a sub, but on a ship, and they send... They um, have the goal to, like, be searching for this rare element that is abundant in Wakanda, but Wakanda won't give to anyone because they think that they wouldn't use it properly. Yeah, cause, well, because they're white. I mean, yeah. they'd abuse it. Yeah. That's not what they say, but that's the subtext. Yeah. And then they encounter a race of... Fish people. Fish people led by Namor. Who um, is a... Who's a fish? He's a fish? No, is he's he not. A fish? They're what they're called? T- Talokans? Is that what? Talokans? Uh, Talokans? Talokans? I don't know. Tal- I think it's Talokans. Let's okay. go with Talokans. And he's like, you announced your... What's it called? Presence? No, the, the fucking mineral or whatever it is. It's not vibranium, not, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's vibranium. Yeah, vibranium, okay. yeah. 
Um, you announced to, to the world you have Vibranium, but that's now drawn people's attention to Vibranium. Mm. We have Vibranium too, so partner up with us or we're going to kill you. Something like that. Okay. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all. Action ensues. Well, there's a whole two hours after that. Yeah, I know. They, they go to Boston at one point and they find a girl, that black girl that worked on a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, so the first point is they killed him. That's a plus to me. Because the initial rumours were that it was set during the blip. Yes. Which isn't the worst workaround. It does delay the problem rather than solve yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It, de- it delays it. But it's also interesting because that's not really a well-chronicled period of time within the MCU. So no. it'd be interesting to do that, especially from within a an isolated state. Yeah. To sort of like see how a global event is affecting a country that keeps to itself. And I think there's something interesting to be done with it. But I also would think, well, we know he's dead. The blip happened a long time ago now in in, in cultural terms. Yeah. It is just del- delaying the inevitable. So yeah. what are they going to do next time? And I'm glad that they, not that I am invested, yeah. but I'm glad that they just dealt with that now. Like they nipped it in the bud. He's dead. Okay. Yeah. Like it's over. But... Speaking of the the herb, yeah, such as the law colliding mess of the MCU, I don't know why anybody has to die anymore. Just because there's there's some time travel, sacred stone, gorgeous herb, life sustaining yeah. tree stuff that I'm not sure why anybody has to die. Yeah, because I think Martin Freeman was shot in the spine in the first one. Was he? <laughs> Yeah, and then and he's jogging at the start. Yeah, and they and Wakanda were like, "Oh, it's fine. We'll heal you up." Yeah, and they do, which is why he's beholden to them. I think in yeah. the, in, in in this film. Yeah, there is there is a bit of that where it's like, well, if he was still alive, you you would figure it out. Yes, but they couldn't figure it out. So at least there's no bullshit. Like there's no CGI Chad with Bozeman. No, there's no. He's not in it at all. There's no archive footage that they've reappropriated. Well, like only, they did with only for the opening Marvel logo, you get it's all Bozeman. But that's fine because that's yeah, yeah. non-diegetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like not Lupita Nyong'o, who's the main one in this. Uh, Letitia Wright, I think. Letitia Wright. Yeah, yeah. It's not as if she has a conversation with Chadwick Bozeman where she's clearly trying to talk around the existing dialogues. None of yeah. that. He's just not in it. So yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Although isn't it like in the mid credit sequence you find out that I think this is Lupita Nyong'o she had a child with Black Panther and his name is T'Challa. Yes. So it's like oh it's literally just the same thing. Now. Yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's like, like Black it's, Panther will endure. It's literally the same character but he's younger and not as close to death now. Yes. Uh, I was going to say you don't think you'll be played by Bozeman do you? As though that, <laughs> as though that wasn't the cause of the whole problem in the first place. Okay, you can't just put Richard Schiff in a suit and a po- in, you can't put Richard Schiff in a suit and a political context, okay? Because it's not allowed. So Richard right. Schiff has a fixed look. He isn't chameleonic in that way. No, he's Toby Ziegler. All right, and I don't think Toby would be conducting himself in that manner. No, <laughs> Toby is better than this. Yeah, but no, like I was thinking because I, I I thought that he was going to be like. At the beginning, because I didn't know what it was about, I thought he was going to be the main like villain almost. Yeah, like the Kelsey Grammer yes. in Transformers Four, yeah, where yeah. he's like the the, poli- the the white politician who's like, "Oh, we should invade Wakanda." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, I I thought, like, well, 
if you want me to be on Wakanda's side, you can't make the villain Toby Ziegler. I know. I'm just yeah. going to side with Toby Ziegler, even if he is... He's also to... Jewish. There's something... You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's also that, yeah. But he only shows up, like, one more time, and he's not, like, totally unreasonable. No. In fact, he's, he makes a good fucking point. He's like, it's not just that we want Wakanda to share their resources. You fucking promised us. Yeah. And you haven't done shit. Yeah. And then she's like, ah, but you send soldiers to kill us to take our resources yeah so we have moral high ground fuck off <laughs> pretty much yeah okay so the Tolokans let's just go with Tolokans okay they look silly they do and they move sillily they do Namor is another sympathetic villain with a legitimate historical allegorical grievance mm. I think it's Tenoch Huerta that's the name of the actor that plays him okay Tenoch Huerta is uncharismatic in the film. I thought he was a rubbish villain. Oh, yeah. I really thought he was a rubbish villain. And and they, like that's clearly their thing now. Villains, like, the, where you get it. And it, it's it's kind of about imperialism and, like, minorities. and That just makes it all the stranger when he ruthlessly and unnecessarily invades Wakanda. Yeah. Drowns the city. Mm. Kills all these people. And then the big resolution at the end of the film is they are Wakanda's first genuine ally. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so America, mm. no. Yeah. America, bad. We can't side with America. The people who fucking killed my children yeah. will side with them. But they are other ethnic minorities. Yeah, and they have the same resources as them. And it's like yeah. a mutually beneficial... Like, what, what they've just done is they've, like, found an equal superpower to mm. them. Mm-hmm. And they've basically said, look, we'll team up mm. and we'll keep all the good shit to ourselves. And we'll just, like, keep everyone out yes. of here. Is this really, like... Are we really supposed to be supporting these people? I mean, I'm all for a country kind of holding on to its resources. Like, there's no obligation to be globalist. No. Like, you can be isolationist or at least kind but of... I think there is a, a, a hypocrisy or just a... There's something that is not being acknowledged it's, here. I, I think it's moral... It's self-righteousness. It's... Yeah. Okay, we we would be like an oppressed people, mm. but we have this like super state and we know that the rest of the world, because you're all scum, would abuse it. Mm. So we have a moral imperative to kind of maintain yeah. control over it and maintain our secrecy. But you just know that if you swapped Wakanda with America and yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing no, about it... No, but that's what I'm it. saying. Because they're black. Yeah. That's why they get away with it. It's because... Even though in their context, they're not oppressed... They are America, just in Africa, you know. They are colonizers. They are colonizers. Isn't isn't the whole thing with Wakanda is there were like five tribes warring. Yeah. And then they found Vibranium. Yeah. And then they all united under the Black Panther. Something like that. So they are... I I think that even though it was still annoying a bit, like the first film had a much clearer... Well, had a much better idea in that, okay, they're this African superpower... Mm. And they're not spreading the wealth and the help to black people who are suffering worldwide. Yeah. That was something genuinely like, all right. Yeah. I know it was still castigating other society, like how America treats black people. And yeah, yeah. But at least it was something. Like, if you did have that kind of country, mm. they, would be, they would be a failing, a moral failing yeah. in not helping, you know. Yeah, this one, it was weird in this one. But by this point, they kind of assume everyone's on side. Mm. So, I really don't like Michaela Cole. I really don't like Which her. Which one's that? Uh, you know, Okoye, the, the bald woman? Oh, like the, the other one. The spear one. 
Yes, the new one. The one that's not in the first one. Oh, the, she has little daggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I May Destroy You. That's the woman right, okay. of I May Destroy You. I really don't like it. And it's difficult to separate her from her performances. Okay. If there was a standout, which there wasn't, it was Angela Bassett. Yeah. But everyone was mostly just there. Well, I think she's from that generation of actors where it's just... You act. You act. Yeah. yeah. You you just... You, you're in a thing and you turn in a quality performance. Yeah. There's no, like, overacting. There's no... No, she's, like... Just doing it. She, yeah. She knows the material. She's doing it. Okay, so I have a bit of a spiel here, so bear with me. Okay. The production design is pretty good. Yeah. We can't deny that. However... Okay. With its inclusion of Mayan slash Central American culture, it concocts a broiling aesthetic melting pot whereby your eyes never settle. And it's good that it's always visually arresting, with the exception of Boston, which I find interesting. Yes. But it does verge on the pornographic. And it suggests that each installment will add another hue to the palette, like a hoover of cultural appropriation. (laughs) Right. I'm not being a narrow-minded whitey demanding monochrome. It's just like the film is perpetually inviting you to admire it. Okay. To admire its design and the costumes and the music, rich with region Mm. and the stylistic invention. It's a potpourri. It's a jumbo pan non-Caucasian gumbo. (laughs) And um, like I said, it is accomplished. Mm. All the design stuff is accomplished. But that's the tin, not the biscuits, which is a thing that I'm coining here. Okay. That's the tin, not the biscuits. And perversely, the constant optical stimulation renders the whole presentation bland. Yeah. It's less than the sum of its parts. Nevertheless, production design is its core strength. Mm. I don't know if there's a whole lot else. No. Do you know what I mean? Look at it, ooh, that's a good costume. Like, it's it's clearly going for another Oscar for costume yeah. design. Not, not, production not, not design. so much for the Iron Woman one. No. But you know what I mean? Like, just, the, oh, yeah, those very authentic blend of African... Yeah. And Central American Mayan now. Like, yeah, it's all very good. Mm. But it, you do feel like the film is going to... Eh? Look. <laughs> Look at the costumes. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't yeah. know how much of it is... Apart from all of the Mayan stuff that's introduced with the underwater people, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it is unique to the first film. Because a lot of those characters on, like, the Wakandan yeah. Council, for example, like the guy with the huge plate in his lip, mm-hmm. like, he was in the first one. So, yeah, I don't know how much of it is... How much this film is bringing to the table in terms I really of Wakanda, don't know. at the very least? Yes, that's why they, they've kind of added. That's what I mean. It's like another, a whole another slice of the pie. It's like, yeah. oh, we got Central American now. Yeah. So the next one will be like Chinese or something. Mm. Though interesting to see how the Chinese and Wakandas get on, or the Koreans and the Wakandas. Get on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the the, the you're you're... vibranium. You can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in African American accent. Like, you can't drive. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Self-critical, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we've had to go through the usual stuff. And now the film's come out. It's like, oh, the film's not going to be shown in China because of the LGBT. Oh, I don't know any of that. Yeah, it's it's all the usual shit. Uh, Well, wait, wait, anyway, like the famously a fairly racist society. I I don't know on a one-to-one level. They covered up Chadwick Boseman's face on the poster for the original Black Panther film in China because they thought if they genuinely showed Black Panther like Chadwick Boseman's face less people would see it why would you like, I, why would you even have the film? They're all black. Yeah. Except Martin Freeman. Uh, so, no, we put up with it for, for Tim from Office. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, yeah, it's... I watch his comprehensive filmography. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know someone who actually studied Chinese 
uh, like language and culture. Mm. She told me, like, yeah, they're, they're incredibly racist. Right. Like white people as well. Like, they incredibly so. They, well, I mean, they it's just them, right? In China. I know that, like, yeah, yeah, over the years, yeah. like, cultures are mixed and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. For the longest time, it's just No Chinese. culture, yeah, there's no real cultural mix. And, like, w- there, there are different dialects, but, yeah. like, Wu, Cantonese and all that. But, yeah, you don't get... It's all Chinese, mm. you know. It's a very insular culture. Yeah. So you can kind of understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's all of that. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're not going to show the film in China because they're all black. They're not okay. going to show the film in China because they're all gay. Oh, and then you've got Kevin Feige saying, oh, this is the most important film we've ever made. And it's just like... Is okay, it? Fucking go is away. It? Yeah. Well, okay, so the plot, it's very muddled. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily complicated. It's more like impure. Certainly after the first one. Yeah. It's quite dull, actually. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how much of this was fiddled with retroactively. Because I'm mm. assuming that the sequel was commissioned before his death. It was, yes. I don't know how much work they did on it, though. No, well, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, how many rewrites did they have to go... Did they film anything? Did they do any concept work that they had to redo? Well, this kind of feeds into my next point, right? Because the, the plot, it's way too meandering. Mm. It's like someone over there, someone over... You know, I've heard some people say that grief thematically permeates the film. It doesn't. No. It has grief in it. And it's the bookend, but it's by no means the central thrust. It's just another ingredient in the soup, in the gumbo. Mm. I think foregrounding his death in the film and ending with her accepting his death, it, it creates the impression, mm. perhaps falsely, that, um, oh, they kind of started from scratch. Yeah. And not necessarily, you could have done a lot of the same things. It's against that Stuart Lee things. Like, at the end, I will repeat the phrase carpet around the world, and that will create the illusion of structure. Yes. And I think there's a similar thing here. And you don't feel that through the entire film. No, and I, I think it's because T'Challa and Black Panther were synonymous. Yes. Like, you thought of one, you thought of the other. So for the Black Panther to still be mentioned throughout the film, mm-hmm. but for you to not see the Black Panther, like, that also creates the impression of, oh yeah, there's an absence yeah, yeah, yeah. That we are acknowledging. Well, it, it frankly, it's very, very eminently forgettable. Mm. I'm not going to remember anything about this. I'm, well, I, I, you I'm already struggling yeah. already, yeah. I'm no major fan of the first one, but you do remember it. Or uh, at least parts of it you remember. Yeah. It's much more vivid. I tuned out about halfway through, really, mm. I would say. And especially when it got to the final action sequence, I was just kind of gone. Oh, yeah. But I'll give it this. It was surprisingly inoffensive. And that's not something that would contribute to like a star mm. in a rating, but it still serves as a plus in 2022. Right. Which is, I wasn't that annoyed by it. There were no. little tiny bits, yeah. but it's like, oh, whatever. Is that more to do with the, the general response of it, though? Because I think even people who like the first Black Panther yeah. are not pleased Not with as enthused. Maybe. No, I don't know. The film itself, like with the first Black Panther... There was that whole thing about, you know, Killmonger's raised in L.A. So, and like, oh, black people are treated a certain way here. And, and you're... Mm. The, the kind of whole... His whole motivation was black people are suffering and you're not doing anything about it. Fuck yeah. you. Uh, so that's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, there wasn't anything like that in this, really. And also this one feels far more entrenched in the mire of just how much fucking Marvel there is. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it's a lot more of a traditional yeah. Marvel movie. Obviously, you've got the little introduction to Iron Woman, or whatever she's called, which might uh, develop into something. She might have her own film a or something. series or something. I think Namor was mentioned in Endgame. Okay. So this has kind of been set up. Right, this has right. been a long time coming. 
But yeah, like the the introduction of like this whole new civilization that are now paired up with Wakanda. Yeah. Whether that's the status quo going forward or whether the next one was going to be about them flying apart. So unless like, it unless... really does feel like, yeah, it feels less pure. Like the first one it felt does, pure because it was about what it was about. Yeah. The it was much was... more exciting as well, and, and the action sequences were better, and it looked yeah. better. And, yeah. Unless I'm mistaken, Namor was the first Marvel character. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, he right. predates Captain America. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think. Namor the Submariner, he was called. Yeah. I don't want to denigrate Chadwick Boseman at all. Okay. <laughs> he says. And the first film is fine. Some of it's good. But I do think a lot of these cultural moments are manufactured and insisted upon. Hmm. The film is so reverent of him that, yeah, it holds back the Panther for a very long time. Oh, you don't get the Black Panther no, until, until the, the very end. Until Act yeah. 3, yeah. And I concede that it's not just for me on many levels. It's just not my thing. It doesn't click. That's fine. I think the problem is that if you're not all that into it, mm. there's no getting into it here. No. That's the big problem. Yeah, this isn't going to sell you on no. Black Panther as, an, as, a, yes. as a thing, is it? Um, that's all I got. Yeah I, yeah, I kind of wish I had more. Yeah. But I also don't know whether... I don't know whether it deserves more. It doesn't. It's a two and a half hour film. Yeah. Um, which was a long time. It's, it's, it's not a milestone in a civil rights struggle. It's not... But I, I don't feel like this is being confused for that this time, like the first no, one was. No, that's true. It's, it's mediocre. Yeah. It's very mediocre. Oh, at best. Yeah. It's, you feel like, oh, to justify the reception to the first one, they've they've tried to overdo it with the plot. Mm. Really overdo it and make it long. Yeah. And intricate. And it's just boring. Yeah. It's really boring. Yeah. Um, but inoffensive, philosophically, yeah. for the most part. So it gets a point for that, if not a star. Oh, okay. All right. So um, there you go. It's not, it's not as bad as Thor. No, it's <laughs> certainly not. No. Where would you rank it? This in year. The... God, the fact you can rank them on by year now. Yeah. What's this year then? We've got Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange. Uh, this and the rest have been TV shows. I think those are the only three films. Okay, from the films. <sighs> Thor is the worst. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Like, if I was doing it as like an essay, this would have to be the best of the three. Okay. But... I probably like Doctor Strange the most of the three. I really don't like it at all. No, I, but I remember bits about it. Yeah, I would rewatch that before I'd rewatch this again. Yes, this was boring. Is yeah, it? but it but it's technically better than Doctor Strange. Mm. But I think Doctor Strange is probably best of the uh, film wise. That says something. Well, that's depressing, isn't it? So on that note, see you next year. I think. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Happy Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.